0: better to Wait, start am recording without a plan oh, yeah, i am i'm just hope that it turns out okay <music> welcome to the curiosity public podcast i'm Dutch
1: Jules here de'
0: and another one of our uh not really current events but a few a few current event issue topics here that we're going to touch on today we got three emergency interesting- alert emergency alert uh because <laughs> we're you.
1: discussing it yeah since obviously <laughs> dylan sets the trend around here yeah.
0: yeah we're trend centers but the problem is we record this podcast and then it comes out like three weeks later when oh no not- we
1: record it on time the problem is yeah but it doesn't come <laughs> out release until, it yeah
0: <laughs> Uh, anyway, before so we g- crack into these topics, uh, what are you guys cracking into to drink? Mm-hmm. Jules, you want to kick us off?
1: Sure, because uh, I'm going to what is considered the world's best bourbon, if you guys remember, according what? to the International Wine and Spirits Competition, I think. Are they the ones who called it? Colonel E.H. Taylor, <laughs> bottled in bond, single barrel. Wow. And uh, this is another
2: bottle kill attempt? No, this is like. That's
1: really full. That's brand new. Yeah, pretty
2: much brand new.
0: Nice. How about you, Dylan?
2: All right. So I want to preface this by saying that you know the the entire intent. Wow, Joel's just spilled everything. Oh man, and and it landed
1: on my keyboard. I, I, think, he, I <laughs> think he
2: spilled like a third of the bottle on his Seriously. little fancy keyboard, the keyboard that he's been trying to protect.
1: But, you know, Surrender for our
2: listeners, let me just kind of. I don't use that. I don't use that uh, no, uh, that wanna...
1: pad thing anymore. yeah. yeah I
2: want to <laughs> give a give a little story. Jules's computer is probably the cleanest computer you could ever imagine. And it stays that way for like 10 years. And the reason is he pretty much saran wraps the entire thing and then if he needs to like plug something in he'll open it up and then he'll put a saran wrap over that so nothing is messed up and right now a speck of dust not Uh, not even
1: once a day and
2: the the irony here is that he just spilled a third of the bottle on it after all of that that's 100 proof i mean at least it's pretty sterile (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) Anyway, all right. So I wanted to talk about what I'm drinking. But again, to preface that, you know, the entire intent of this whole journey uh, of Curiosity Public, at least for me, is to explore the world and what better way to explore the world I just feel like you have to try the liquors of the world. And that is my goal in life. And I saw something on my feed and it was called Milk and Honey Whiskey Distillery, single malt whiskey. And it's a single cask at 59%. And this is the first whiskey coming out of Israel. And it's made in Tel Aviv by the M N H distillery. When they first started to produce this, you know, the initial reviews were mixed, but I wanted to try it out because I'm, again, I'm all about trying new things. And it was distilled in uh, 2017. It bottled in 2020. So it's only three years. And the bottle number is 119 out of 282. And it's cast number 2017-0197. So this is interesting. I'm hoping to bring this for you guys to try I'm kind of sad because I can't enter this into the Ultimate Spirits Competition, but nevertheless, I think it is worth tasting. You know how many bottles they actually did release? Yep. Well, for this one, because it's a single cask, they only had 282 bottles. Wow. And mine's kind of right in the middle, 119 out of that. Yeah.
0: So, so uh, just give us a hot take. How is it? You know, it's
2: I'm not detecting any peat, very very sweet. I'm not sure it's going to be as honey I'm not sure it's going to stand out really well. There's nothing specific or unique that I could taste at least, you know, the neck pour. I want to give an example of Kregeliki. Like, you know, what's Kregeliki, (laughs) you can taste Kregeliki. This one, if I had this blind, I'd be a little bit confused. But for a three year, that's where it's kind of the interesting part. It's a three year whiskey, folks. Right. So, yeah, I'm interested in what you guys have to say. Very wow. nice. Yeah, It does sound intriguing. So I am drinking.
0: Uh, I cracked into a brand new bottle of a spirit that we've had before because this is the new batch of Tears of Yorona, which I picked up uh, maybe actually a couple of weeks ago.
1: Nice. And
0: uh, it is batched. So this is going to be slightly different than the one that we actually reviewed when we gave it our Diamond Award. And I'll tell you, the first thing I noticed about it when I brought it home was just how much lighter in color it actually is, which, you know, we've mm. talked about that with tequila before, is it you know, there's a lot of reuse of barrels and you get different aspects of the barrel come through at different stages like that. And I, I'm not sure if Herman reuses barrels or not. And I don't know why this one is lighter in color. I know mm. he primarily goes for the flavor experience. And I'll tell you, it is slightly different than the one we had. I think the finish is a little weaker, but the palette is it's like skewed slightly differently. It's almost like it picked up more of the cognac barrels because it really reads on my palate with a lot of cognac influence so it's hmm. still excellent excellent but you know the thing is wow it still pisses me off is the topper hmm. this thing is so crap actually i was like, just
1: going to comment on that because when you showed it, <laughs> like it it's it, like it, it, dude, it what come, the heck come
0: happened? and i couldn't get that stuff off of there like there's like plastic coating the it's oh. just it's a mess so one day i hope he changes the uh, the whole stopper thing i love the way the bottle looks but just get rid of that stopper please. yes <laughs> it's so bad i love the way it looks uh, just, oh, it looks great.
2: <laughs> it, it needs to be more functional. Hey, it better than the arete. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, Which I don't I... know. I've had these leak on me as well, so I, mm-hmm. I don't actually know that it's much better than that arete loose cork <laughs> issue. All right, guys. Well, we've got the like I vertical. said, a couple of different stories here, and they're they're going to kind of segue, but we're going to kick the first one off. I saw an article about a new Jim Beam that is mm-hmm. a, a travel exclusive and they're calling it their Lineage Bourbon. Did you guys see that article? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, pretty
1: of course, dude. I saw the box.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, right?
1: <laughs> it's got a travel handle.
0: <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> I mean, pretty impressive. It's great. Bottled at 55%, aged 15 years. You know, I know we've had the, the Jim Beam, the 12-year export they used to do no. and that was not that great. Mm-hmm. curious about this i mean the high proof point 15 years jules already is in love with the box so we know that's gonna get high marks from it it's got
1: a locking latch yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the bottle looks great too though you know it's got the ribbon yeah. on there It's cool
0: so global travel only so 250 bucks that's what's pretty, kind of
1: frustrating pretty pricey because it's only in duty freeze yeah yeah
2: you know, this release, at least for me, reinforces the global understanding that bourbon lovers want age statement and higher proof. Right. And because that's what they're trying to deliver. Right. It's 15- so this is targeted for the Japanese
1: businessman
0: who sees, <laughs> sees it. Hey, beam some tari. Hey, senior year old age statement. Fifteen year, fifty five. Yeah, they keep like
1: travel banning everybody, man. So right. no one's gonna be able well, that's, to get through and the get the main this reason. Bottle.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to get to. Was yeah, I think they're gearing up. Mm-hmm. And related to this, there's a there's a there's a post on Instagram I saw today of somebody. I think it was in Houston. They took a picture of the duty free wall, and they were pointing out the uh, Atlanta. Sorry, they were pointing mm-hmm. out the the Blanton's in the in the picture. Mm-hmm. But I noticed in the upper corner there was Wild Turkey thirteen and. You guys have probably seen the export Wild Turkey 13 with the purple, mm-hmm, yeah. um, but this is in the shape, the bottle looks like it's the, the rare breed. So the higher proof barrel strength version. So if I don't, it Whoa. looks like they've released a 13 year old barrel proof. I need to dig Whoa. around a little bit, but that one, that, that's actually way more intriguing.
1: To yeah. Me. That's we more interesting. We need to confirm yeah. this. <laughs>
0: and plus that one's only 80 bucks. So right. wild Turkey, maybe undercutting wow. Jim Beam here on the, uh, on the, the duty free. But do you think they're just gearing up for world travel starting up again later this year? I think so. Uh,
1: I don't know, man. That's like, that's too early. <laughs> No, they need to. They We're need still to
2: start locked early. down, man. They need to start early. They're not dumb. <laughs> they're not stupid. The marketing department they hire very good people, so I think they have a, a pulse on what's going on, and and they're gonna have oh absolutely. I mean, and it here's just what sucks the deal: they don't have to have, have traveling. They don't have. They don't need. They're not. I, I don't think this release is to so that they can release. Uh, they can sell like a million bottles. Okay. I mean, this is gonna be at a very 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 high price. It's a premium product. It's gonna be for a very narrow. Demographic people like us, right? People, the bourbon crazy nuts. Yeah, but it's
1: like an, another narrow, another filter. they we're
2: traveling right now. Yeah, but they're out in the wild. I it, mean, don't get me wrong.
1: I'm tempted to go, like, just buy a ticket so I can. Oh, there, you there you go. See, free.
2: I, you know, again, <laughs> but, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my, uh, I'm gonna put the tin foil. I mean, hat what on. the heck? I'm gonna put my tin foil hat on, and I wouldn't be shocked if they had some kind of arrangement with the airline industry saying, can you please release a bunch of stuff that you can only buy duty-free so that people start traveling again? Because, you know, I'm sold. Let me go to that airport and then fly to, I don't know, what is the closest foreign country that I could go, Canada or Mexico? And I'll just go there and then <laughs> at the airport, fly back. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and I don't think there's a limit on how many you can buy, right? Or is there? On duty-free, no. Maybe it depends on the country. I think
1: as much as you can carry. No, no.
2: I think there are limits Uh, on the country.
0: Yeah, depending on what country you're going into, they may... uh, So just fly to a country One bottle
1: per. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or you could just stuff them all in your bag. I don't know.
1: I mean, yeah. I would love to think... I would love to think, like, there's a, you know, going with the conspiracy line on all this, like, there's a grandmaster plan. But part of me also feels like this was already in the books. So it's like all right, let's just release these. Maybe. And mm. you know. But
0: see that that's when I wonder is like if if these were in the books then and you know everybody's stuck at home, why wouldn't you just release it domestically so it'll actually sell? Or they're just like they're playing the long because, game. Like, Look, it's going to get people are going to get back out there and we want to have our special thing for travelers, so we're just going to stick with well, it. Well, you know, it's not it's
1: not related to this, but I did read another article where it's like, you know, the spirit sales were up like 20% in 2020. So like, it's like, they just, Consumers, they don't need to change any yeah. of their game. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, they actually had an amazing year right. <laughs> profitability wise. So it's like, they didn't have to change anything.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, they did. They did take a big hit though with um, sales to With, with the bars. Yeah. yeah. The bars. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, no I don't worries. know if it offset that completely, but yeah. Anyway, interesting article. As the world opens up, I know we're going to be traveling and getting our hands on whatever travel exclusive
2: stuff we can. So, well,
1: from- I'm just going to buy a ticket, get a duty free, then refund the ticket. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know what, though? I, can I just, I want to mention this a little bit, and I'm hoping that we can go into detail in the future, but more and more, I feel like a lot of these bourbons are being lost in the fray. We have so much variety now. Is there really a difference between X release versus Y release, XA release, XB release, things like that? And the reason I bring this up is because, and you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the uh, Woodford, um, the very rare release the master collection the the one-off and that got me thinking about the intent of releases and what what they're trying to craft and i'm more and more i'm looking more for those types of releases where there is a specific intent not like oh you know let's just release something that's super sweet which is like everything right and then once everything is sweet it's going to score really well right so people uh, like sweet like legion right (laughs) I felt like drinking this one, you know, I don't want to reveal it, but I had an epiphany. And I said, wow, this is a very, very, very specific release. And I know that the company did not release like a statement along that line, but I felt like that. It was (laughs) illumination. Well, you remember the,
0: the the maker's mark SE 4 PR five, whatever it was, they did do that with that specific intent to get that vanilla hit. Exactly. And they did. They did a great job with that. Exactly. Um, but exactly. I think it's interesting, too, what you're saying is that maybe don't say that, <laughs> you know, craft it and craft release it bourbon. And yeah. see if people can actually pick up on it because the power right. of suggestion is pretty pretty. I, I completely agree. Well, didn't one of you guys
1: predict that for, like, the 2021s, like, all these craft bourbons coming out? I don't remember my prediction. I feel like we too.
0: did one of those episodes. We, that was, like...
2: We filmed, we recorded that so long ago. I can't. Yeah. Remember. But I wanted to <laughs> two wanted, weeks ago. Yeah, I wanted to circle back and say I hope that this Jim Beam fifteen year fifty five has an intent. I'm hoping that it is an intent, and I hope that the travel market and the demographic that they're trying to target is something that they feel is unique enough that they could release something that is unique. I just don't want to taste just like a regular higher, slightly higher proofs, better finish Jim Beam. I don't want that anymore. I don't want that because that's what I already see on piece of paper, right? 15 year. Yeah. The finish is going to be pretty good. And then it's going to be higher proof. Okay, fine. But is it just going to be another sweet molasses, better finish? I'll pass. But if there is an intent, then I'm going to be interested. So yeah, well, it remains to be seen
0: whether or not we would pick up that intent if we ever try this. Um, (laughs) But uh, let's move on to the next story because our final two stories are, are kind of a little bit related, I'll explain. First one is a new agreement, it actually came out a couple of weeks ago that Luxco, the bottlers of Rebel Yell, Ezra Brooks, and Yellowstone, and a couple of other brands, they were recently acquired by MGP. Now, most of us know Luxco in the bourbon world as the brands I just said, <laughs> uh, but they also bottle uh, a tequila and Everclear, <laughs> which I did not know. I didn't know that
1: either. I was shocked seeing that in the article.
0: Yeah, and they've been around since 1958. Um, Yeah. I know at least recently their bourbons are uh, sourced from Heaven Hill. Some pretty good stuff, actually. I think, uh, you know, both Ezra Brooks and the Rebel Y'all are are generally looked upon pretty favorably. But MGP shelling out the cash to buy them. Do you think that their source is going to change or is this just MGP kind of increasing its reach?
1: Oh, I mean, well, you know, according to the article anyway, like the marketing, like they're talking about, it's a clear strategic fit. So obviously it's a good transaction in that regard. But um, dude, yeah, I, I don't know. This is this is big. If, it mean, could be. They're well, growing.
2: Remember guys, Lux Row or Lux Co, my understanding is that they were distilling now, right? Remember? They were sourcing. Yeah, they put a bunch of money in. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're they're starting to distill their own stuff, I think. I initially thought that this was just basically purchasing of the brand names. So getting, getting getting the rights to use the names and then you know go back to the MGP as the source and basically spread their line. I think this is a very quick way to have MGP in the stores, like their own brand in the stores, like they're doing with Remus and things like that. I think they could potentially use Remus as a exclusive release. And then they could use the other all the other ones, which are day-to-day drinking um, demographic, they're gonna just use it for that. What I want to know is what they're gonna do with the juice that they make.
0: Well, so that's got that's one of the things that got me thinking was okay. Let's say Luxco. I don't know how this will affect their contract with Heaven Hill, and obviously they they have an endpoint for that because they're well they're what like three maybe three years into their own aging of their own juice.
1: juice yeah. So they're at
0: least probably a couple years out. I think the, the Ezra Brooks stuff, they used to have like a seven-year age statement. They're probably around the same age for that. I think the Rebel Yell stuff's probably, at least the single barrel stuff is usually, that's a 10-year product. So, I mean, obviously their stuff is not, old enough to do much with. But I think this could be a couple of things. So if MGP comes in, number one, if they become the source for these well-known Luxco brands, what's it going to look like <clears throat> when you grab Rebel Yell and it says it's distilled in Indiana? Is anybody going to care? Is it going to taste totally different? <laughs> and then the second thing, that, the second thought that crossed my mind is maybe this is now giving MGP in the long game a source within Kentucky so that eventually MGP juice could also say distilled in Kentucky, Kentucky. because mm. they could take over this the, the Luxco premises
1: so. yeah but all indication right now it sounds like it's not going to even change it's more like everyone just still running <laughs> like, as they independently running. yeah yeah
0: yeah but I, I mean it would make it easier for the two to collaborate like to that, collaborate you know? yeah exactly or, or but I, just, I, I feel like
1: with that kind of collaboration it's going to be a different brand name at that point
0: maybe and maybe we're just thinking mm. too short term and it's yeah. going to be like five years down the line we exactly. went, oh that's what they had in mind
2: yeah <laughs> well I, okay look I think we're coming from a little bit of a narrow perspective because we're, we're always focusing on Luxco's like Yellowstone and Ezra and, and Rebel right I think those are the things that we always talk about but you know like Dutch said you know they do clear Luxco I think has the The RTD, the Vita Frute. I don't know if you've heard heard of that. It's the vodka soda stuff. Like it's the flavor. So they are in the RTD market. Yeah. So like Luxco, you know, uh, has a little bit of uh, RTD presence and, you know, they make Irish cream and tequilas and stuff like that too. So, you know, maybe MGP is just uh, expanding their portfolio and this made sense. And maybe they're trying to start competing directly and try to take over the shelves
0: yeah, interesting time will tell what ends up happening with this one but our final story and I said it's related just just tangentially basically because of mgP but one of the well-known MGP, topic. Uh, yeah one of the well-known brands that sources from mgP and, and kind of does their own blending is smoke wagon and they've kind of had a big resurgence that maybe we'll call it thanks to their very good Instagram uh, skills way better than ours that's for sure. <laughs> Um, but they uh, they've been killing it on Instagram and there's been a lot of popularity around their new uncut unfiltered and just the way they're lining up is kind of shifted a little bit. And it's also become a a target on the secondary market. So the 10 year old desert jewel has become, I guess, very hard to find. We, We had that, I think, right when it came out and for whatever reason, never impressed any of us, but it's maybe it's gotten better or maybe we just had a bad bottle or something, but it's super popular on the second market. Seeing how
1: much everyone loves it and how it's become a unicorn. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. uh,
0: Yeah, and I want, I do wonder because I think we probably had one of the very first batches of it and maybe right. we did get
2: I think it was the first. It was yeah. the first.
0: I think it was the first, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. The, the, the point is these those, are, those have become hot commodities on the secondary market as well as uh, the barrel picks that come out of Smoke Wagon. Um, and the barrel picks have had some issues in the past. And recently there was a bit of a to-do because the head distiller, Aaron, I guess what happened was, and I don't want to get into the details too much because it's not really, we want to talk about the secondary market and this is just a way of getting (laughs) there. (laughs) But he gifted somebody one of these special bottles, right? Right. And it was a gift for that person. And turns out that this bottle ended up on the secondary, this guy was trying to sell it, and Ugh. you know it infuriated him because you know it's like, hey, this is a special gift. I didn't want this thing to go out there to, to, for you to try to sell it for five hundred bucks on the secondary market. Anyway, big snafu. Let's not get into that, but it got me thinking about the secondary market and these ridiculous prices that I hear people paying for sometimes ridiculous bottles. And I know it's a topic we've touched on in the past, but. I, I kind of thought maybe it's going to die down a bit, but it seems like it's getting worse. So I, I don't know. Let's no, just kind of man. have a, a brain dump on this. I don't know. Am I, am I am I losing my mind here?
1: Fear of missing out. You're not Fear losing of missing your mind. out. I mean, yeah, this is just, uh, it just will always exist, dude. It, you know, with a high demand product, secondary, flipping, all that stuff will always exist. I think it does suck though. I think if anything though, um, well, I just found it interesting how Aaron's just like, you know, he's banning, smoke wagon from the secondary <laughs> yeah. markets like how are you gonna do yeah mean, i know how are you gonna do that? i mean it's a great headline don't get me wrong but but I at the I mean, same time know. it's like dude it's uh, you can't control that like uh, people are gonna sell this stuff you know capitalism yeah yeah, people are going to buy 20, 20 and it's, then it's you know, they're going to sell.
0: It's a black market. It's not yeah. really capital. I mean, people are being industrious. They're trying to make money, but it's not legal. Everybody that sells this stuff on the secondary market is breaking the law. Right.
2: Because they don't and have a liquor license.
0: They don't have a liquor license. In every single state, you need a, you need a liquor license to sell liquor. Yeah. Um, I mean, some states might, might be a little bit easier to finagle something, but uh, you know, for the most part, every single one of these sales is illegal and pretty much nobody's doing anything about it. And, and the distilleries can. don't really seem to care. Obviously, now smoke wagon cares, and that's great. I hope they yep. uh, you bring can. more light
1: to it. You, well, you can. To... You, you can't. There's no way you can enforce this, man.
2: Okay, I, I, I would wanna... also
1: kill their market.
2: I, I want to make. I don't know about that. I, wanna I don't make think a it'll kill their market though. at all. Um, really. Remember, remember, secondary market does include legal liquor stores. Yeah, liquor stores, right? So you. Buy it at a certain price, you have a liquor license to sell and they basically sell it for a 1000 times a 1000 x MSRP. So there is that still, but I understand what you're trying to say in that in an individual who does not have a liquor license trying to sell it for x amount of dollars. Yes, that is currently illegal. I'm not sure exactly how this is going to be fixed in the near future, unless the distilleries flood the market, which they're not going to do. There's a marketing angle here. If there is, well, that's a my demand, point. Like the
1: secondary market, so the legal black market is what makes it. <laughs> it's what makes the the legit market as successful and profitable as it is, man. It just justifies it, reinforces it, and I it makes know. a brand. That's what makes brands popular, right? Because they're hard to get. Because they're going to be expensive. They're going to be exclusive. If, you know, part of it, you know, it's like, yeah, sure. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm totally frustrated, too, just because like now I can't try a specific thing. But just because the chances of me getting it are so rare. I, I yeah, understand but If that. you if you
0: jump back a few years, I mean, we all remember when you could walk into pretty much any liquor store and buy a bottle of Blandin's for 50 or 60 bucks. Yeah. Like it wasn't that long ago. Like, like 40, I remember 40, it. 45 bucks, 45 yeah. bucks. Yeah. yeah. And then what happened? Well, the Internet. Right. And people reading an article saying, oh, this is the best <laughs> bourbon. And, you know, we've talked about its representation in pop culture as well. I think that has a lot to do with it because people are like, oh, what do the cool people drink? Oh, they're drinking bourbon. Oh, what? Let me Google what bourbon to drink. Oh, here's an article that says Blanton's and it's a good, tasty bourbon. It's it's approachable. So in that demographic of somebody that's Googling something and they read that and they're like, oh, wow, that totally is good. So it creates this over demand or this demand that kind of supersedes what's available. And then you have kind of the chaos of the secondary markets creeping in.
1: Which if you're a, dis- <laughs> a distiller, that's what you want. You want right. demand of your product. <laughs>
0: You don't want less demand. But you also don't want to frustrate people to the point where they're going to just be like, screw it. I'm going to go drink something else. And again, that's not everybody, but I think there is a, at least a percentage.
1: I feel like that's such well, that's a- that's me. It's, it's just the that's niche me too. <laughs> group. Yeah. But it's such a niche group, man. I think well, we are such a niche group. Yeah. But it again, matter.
2: I, again, I sympathize with people who, you know, when you get caught up in that whole bidding where you have something available in front of you that is rare and someone gives you a price- And you look into your bank account and you feel like... Well, if you have the
1: means to do it... Yeah, Yeah. and so I get it.
2: I get that temptation. I sometimes have (laughs) that temptation with certain bottles that we were looking for. You know, Dutch and I have (laughs) been looking for a particular... I'm not going to say the name of the bottle because just in case that this uh, (laughs) reaches the three viewers and they (laughs) may have those bottles... (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't want them to change the price, but anyway, <laughs> but I still refuse. But you know, there's can, an I aspect to it. it. I can There's totally an aspect
1: buy it. to it, like how it's like sport, right? It's like, I, I mean, you see like on these high bids for uh, like the rare alcohols, like the, I forgot there was one I saw that's like 75 year old alcohol or something that, like went for $38,000. Yeah. And it's know, one of babe. those where it's like you hear about it and it's like, you know what, though? I bet you these guys, they bought it just so that no one else would get it. You know what? I still feel you know? like it's like, it's like, 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 like the like competitive like, nature of this
0: It's stuff. the really, really fancy steakhouse that charges an arm and a leg for a steak that you could go buy and cook <laughs> yeah. yourself. And yeah. yeah, maybe it's not going to be cooked quite as perfectly, but it's you're right. gonna get like 95% of the way there. And it's going to cost you 10 bucks and you'd pay a
1: hundred bucks at the steakhouse. Let me ask though. I mean, well, the steakhouse is still around, dude. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> people want the experience. I people get, are buying. It. I know, but it doesn't <laughs> make any <laughs> sense to me. Can uh, I just
2: kind of um, talk love about it. what, what, so Dutch, what Dutch brought up last time? This idea of law of diminishing return, or maybe Jules brought it up. Who knows? Who cares? Anyway, you could pay a certain amount of money and there comes a point where you don't get that much. You don't get like- In return. A, yeah, the yeah. return on both the flavor and the experience start to go away, right? Again, I had the privilege of trying these very, 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 very expensive liquors that are into tens of thousands of dollars. And I find that it's kind of disappointing. I mean, like relative to the price Yeah. and there is a kind of an end. And I remember also when Dutch actually uh, treated us to a dinner one time and he had this theory about beef and steak, right? How there's like, that's, that's why I brought up the steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you, yeah, you can't you can. go beyond a certain price point. Yeah. Where it gets so much better, and I completely agree. And like yeah. after that discussion, I just realized, like, oh my god, yeah, you're right. And like, how much well, better that, is this? The interesting thing too is you. Dude, this
1: think- I'm calling bull, <laughs> though, because I guarantee <laughs> Dylan of all people has his reservation at the French Laundry for tomorrow. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I don't-
2: no so you, I'm calling bull. You know, I don't do that. I don't do You know, that. your no. twice a
1: month visit no, no. <laughs> to Thomas Keller. No, no. It's a,
2: yeah, it's it's a Noma 2.0. So
0: <laughs> but, but, but hang on, before we leave this topic, I mean, this I think this is an interesting thing to look at with individual spirits, too, because you can almost see these price breaks. Yeah. And in yeah. a lot of ways, what it, it's made me do when I analyze this is think that in a lot of ways, bourbon pricing just hasn't caught up.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Scotch, pricing has kind of caught up. Yeah, uh, You don't tend to see scotch marked up unless it was like... Like a limited edition thing, and from like three, four years ago, those will sit if somebody has them, and, and those you will see a price increase. But in general, when something comes out, it's available, but it's it's at the market price. It's being sold for the market price. Same thing with tequila, and but bourbon, I feel like hasn't caught up to that. But I also feel like there's these thresholds in each of these brands, especially with tequila and and Scotch, where you get to a certain price point, and then you're right that like from one hundred dollars to two hundred dollars in tequila, you know, you'll be just as happy with like a ninety dollar tequila in most cases, right? But then if if you break into the $200 range with things like tiers of Verona, you've kind of cracked into that next tier. With right. Scotch, I feel like it's the same way. There's so much stuff up to the, the 50 60 and then when you get to that $100 to $120 range in Scotch, right. you can have some really mind-blowing stuff. And then it doesn't really surpass that until you're up, you know, beyond $200 usually. Yeah. Bourbon's weird in that respect because I don't feel like yeah. those tiers are as clear in a lot of ways. I
2: think it's because of the permutations that have come out on market. I mean, when the bourbon boom occurred, everybody wanted to get in the game. So they were sourcing, they were double maturation, they were doing this, they were doing that age statements went away. And so they had more flexibility in manipulating their products and doing this, I feel like because of that, everything's become muddled. So you have things that are non age stated, fetching hundreds of dollars, and you don't know what's in it, right? I mean, it could be like my milk and honey single cast that was three years, right? And they could be selling it for $500. You know how much this thing was this three year whiskey, it was $90. Wow. Okay. Normally I would not buy this. (laughs) Normally if this was like, The problem is I never had this. I wanted to try it. There was nothing else available from Israel. This is the first. So I figured, you know what, let's do it. But aside from that, man, I don't know. I feel like bourbon is just becoming so crazy and muddled.
1: You guys think Um, we're at the beginning of the tail end of the bourbon craze? Because it's like, dude, we're. I mean, I feel like we're still in like the bourbon glory days.
2: Well, you
0: know, what I'm surprised with is how many people we've come across just from doing other spirits now who are kind of expressing this relief almost like, oh, well, hey, if I kind of spend some time on scotch, there's stuff something else. available. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't need to hunt for it. It's there. And not it's at like, a crazy you know, price. Not at a crazy yeah. price, yeah. I think there's going to be a certain fatigue point, but I don't know that, I don't know. It doesn't
1: feel like we're anywhere near it, though. I don't know, it, though. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel, I mean, I feel like we're only, well, like, we're not even in the middle of it. I yeah. think but still, the thing like, I will say, the thing I will
0: say is there's way more good information available now. Mm, uh, true. If you look at just kind of like the explosion of the whiskey tube thing, I mean, there's so many channels now right. so if you're out there googling whatever it is hopefully you'll find one of the people that's being honest about it and at least get a really good take on it yeah so i think the information's increased but as we've learned more information does not necessarily make people any smarter yeah. <laughs> no
2: i agree with that i absolutely agree with that because i think what's happening is everything is good well yeah. okay i'll say me- that it reminds me of the Simpsons episode where Homer <laughs> becomes the food critic. Yeah. Everything is great and everybody becomes fat because everybody's drink, eating and drinking. But
0: that's more of a symptom of Instagram. I think Instagram's way worse for that. On, on YouTube, I think you get usually pretty True. honest True. opinions. You get some more opinions. honesty. I feel. A little bit more honest. Yeah. Not everybody necessarily, but I mean, for the right. most part. But I think Instagram is the thing where it gets frustrating because you see an influencer, they're holding some no name brand of a bottle that somebody sent to them. They're like, wow, I just tried this stuff. It's absolutely incredible. And you're like, no. You It's probably not. You're just saying that because somebody paid you to say it. You're literally calling yourself an influencer, which means you're a salesperson, which
2: means I shouldn't trust you, right? Right. (laughs) Sorry. Marketing, right? Another rant. (laughs) But let me tell a a, a quick anecdote. Maybe this touches on what Jules was talking about. Maybe we were reaching a saturation point. So recently I went into a large chain liquor store because Dutch asked me to go pick up a a barrel pick 1792. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, let me go in there and- I don my space suit, isolation suit, COVID. Cape is- and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going in there with the uh, Darth Vader suit and I saw that I picked it up and I was looking for something else so that I could use a coupon. I saw the uh, high West and Dutch was talking about double rye. And I said, Hey, you know, can I get that also double rye? And then the guy working there, he goes, Hey man, this is not double rye. This is a, this is just a bourbon. I was like, you know, I got, Oh man, I already have that one. (laughs) And then, so I just kind of said out loud, I was like, Oh man, now I have to look for something else. (laughs) I, I, I just said that, right. I just said that out loud loud no <laughs> zero intent no intent right you know what this guy did it's a gut reaction okay this guy he goes well come with me and you know i love that word come with me <laughs> <There's> <laughs> somebody there right come with me if you want to live so <laughs> i followed the guy went to the back and he holds up two bottles <laughs> guess what bottles he was holding Chestnut farms no <laughs> So he was holding a bottle of Weller Special Reserve and a Blanton's. <laughs> and he goes, do you want either of these? Maybe this will help you finish your purchase. And Whet I said, your appetite. And I, said uh, I go, uh, I mean, I can't say no. It's like supersize me. If you tell me yeah. right, this is available. So I go, sure. And he goes, which one? I said, sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give me both. And he goes, oh,
2: okay. And so I, I, got, I got it, right? So I've never Uh, had that happen before because it's been such a dry couple of months and stuff like that. And that's a surprise that these people are just kind of sitting around now. So, you know, that's annoying. But you know what it is, too, is
0: it's, it's the thing I always come back to is it's just sheer persistence it is we're in we go into so many damn stores uh, for so many damn things that people think oh it just you just walk in and find plans no no yeah, really because ignore. it's
1: stored in the back
0: yeah. yeah oh that's annoying oh man all right well we've i don't know where we started yeah we're we oh, completely this out crazy, of the, all out right, of the box here this. but a fun discussion guys <laughs> I think it's time to stop. Jules, take us out of here.
1: Hey, thank you for uh, listening to our podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, if you haven't yet, be sure to check us out on y- our YouTube channel. We've got new content up there weekly, including reviews and drink throughs. If you like what we do want to help us out, uh, be sure to check out our Curiosity Private subscription program on YouTube as well. As always, stay safe, stay healthy.
0: Stay curious. What store was that?
1: Uh,
0: They were keeping it in the back. uh,
2: Oh that pisses me off. Yeah.